Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. So, Neil, in this broadcast, uh, we're, we've been talking through the big four, five, six, seven. I guess it's seven feasts uh, in the in the present day, and uh, we started with well, uh, if you're talking about feasts. our our first festival feast yeah, uh, uh, that's laid out for us yeah. is of course pa- Passover, Pesach, pa- Pesach. Okay, and there's seven delineated. Seven, of course. So in the fall, the first one is right. the oh, Yom Kippur. I, I'm sorry, I, I right. misunderstood your no, question. That's fine. I didn't make myself clear. No, the first of the three remaining fall yeah. festivals yeah. is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. It's happy New Year. Happy 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 New Year. Happy Happy <laughs> birthday of the world. Of the world, right? right? Yeah. And then we have Yom Kippur. Right. Then the, our second of the three is Yom Kippur. Yeah. That's the holiest of the days. That is the most somber, the most significant, the holiest days in the what's called Jewish calendar. But again, as you pointed out, God said, these are my feasts I'm giving to Israel right. to, to right. rehearse. Actually, actually, yeah, we'll talk about rehearse in a minute. But uh, yeah, so these are God's days not our days right we we didn't create them the jews didn't create them it's at the it's right there in leviticus right what's what's the chapter do you remember sure uh where they're laid out definitively uh in the torah specifically is in leviticus 23 where they're named and identified uh, otherwise there are various throughout uh, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. torah where mm-hmm. where parts are added or mm-hmm. or uh, expanded, but Leviticus twenty-three has all, all seven. All seven. Okay, so we have we have um, the last one we talked about was uh, Yom Kippur, and right. then the next one is well, the the final of the seven yeah. that lasts seven days, yeah. of which a number of sevens occur on this day, mm. is Sukkot, or we call it Tabernacle. So the it's feast. known by various names yeah. of uh, Feast of Booths, Feast uh-huh. of Tabernacles, uh-huh. Festivals, uh-huh. Feast of Sukkot. And so that's we're we're going to talk uh, about that one uh, today, and then we're going to talk about the city of Hebron in oh in Jerusalem today, and uh, we're going to talk about why that's that place is so important, and what the heck is going on over there? Oh my goodness! And why is it so? Why is it such a big deal? So volatile. Yeah, exactly. So uh, okay, so tabernacles. Yes. So I looked it up. And my understanding of it, and and this is just, I mean, we're talking about specifically the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles or the booths, but a tabernacle, a tabernacle is a dwelling place, right? 
It is. That's what it is. So the, uh, God gave them instructions to build a tabernacle in the desert, right? Correct. Which they tore down and built, rebuilt how many, four times maybe during their sojourn through the desert? How many times was it? That they moved, you mean? Yeah, they moved it. Oh, yeah. yeah, so um, the first place out of Egypt was to a place called Sukkot. Ah, there you go. Now that's very telling. So so the uh, dwelling place for God was called the tabernacle. It was very specific. It was before the temple. The temple, to a large degree, was based on the tabernacle, right? So it was God's dwelling place with Israel. Yes, that's the, right. The tabernacle. He dwelt there with them. Yes, his glory right? was there. Yeah. And so then I, I, my mind immediately, my mind immediately goes to, to the Gospel of John. When Jesus, uh, when it says, when John wrote, he said, and the flesh, and, and the word became fleshed, flesh, and tabernacled among us. Correct. Dwelt. Yeah. Dwelt among us. Sure. And then, and then my mind goes to uh, Revelation. I will be with them and they will be with me. They will be my people. I will be with them and we will tabernacle again, right? Yes. Together. We will dwell together. And then I go back to uh, Adam and Eve when God dwelt and they dwelt with God, right? It seems to be a pretty important thing. Well, you are doing what uh, uh, the rabbis teach you should do, which is take all these connected verses and verbiage mm. and, and way of writing mm. and make a composite whole out of them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's called remez. Mm. And that's exactly right, Jeff. So uh, as we may or may not get into definitively, Jesus uh, in the Gospels uh, at different times referenced things that were commonly mm. and readily known mm. and the connections were made instantaneously. Mm. Mm. And so what you just said there about, wow, tabernacling, tabernacles, the meaning, the, the deeper meaning, if you will, mm. the association is readily apparent mm. uh, throughout what we call old and new covenants. Mm. Wow. So, uh, it, 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 to me, uh, it, right away, the whole thing becomes important. And, uh, and my immediate question is, as a Christian, for you, is how does this feast, right, this dwelling, this dwelling that we make, right, the Jews make this dwelling, and you say it's feeble kind of thing, but they're supposed to live in it for seven days, right? That's exactly right. right. So why is that a big deal to God? Well, uh, as pointed out through the Bible, God tells Israel to do that. Mm -hmm. He, it's not mm -hmm. something they came up with. Right. He tells them to make these uh, sukkahs mm -hmm. uh, and, to, and to dwell in them. And mm -hmm. it's a remembrance of when you were as my bride mm -hmm. going through the wilderness. Mm -hmm. He specifically says, it is like when you were my bride and you followed me through the wilderness. Uh, the connection is when God gave these things to, to, to Israel, and as uh, displayed in our day, he was trying to make the same connections you did, that these things all interplay and interconnect together for a broader picture of a reality soon to come. Neil, you just said something I have to back up to. You said that God said to Israel... You, when you were my bride correct. in the desert. That's correct. When you were my bride in the desert. But hang on a second. Everybody thinks that the Christians, that the Christian church is the bride of Christ. Yeah, yeah. How can that be? Well, it goes back to our mystical yeah. 
kind of associations. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, Israel was called, just like uh, yeah. some people make the connections, as a bride. Yeah. But we know the only thing in Scripture that specifically says is a bride is mm. when New Jerusalem comes down. Right, right. So, but even that, Jerusalem. Yeah. Right? Even that. A, a New Jerusalem. Yeah. And so... Uh, That whole concept, like a great many of our concepts that we just take as, quote-unquote, written in stone, the Mm. Trinity and so on, they're nowhere specifically mentioned anywhere in Scripture. But it does make reference to as a bride, and in this case, uh, for tabernacles or Sukkot, God said, when you followed me through the wilderness as a bride. As a bride. You were as a bride. As a bride. So that, to me, is, is, is... So then we have the relationship or the symbolism, or the mysticism, I guess you could say, uh, the symbolism of the husband-wife, right? It's like that. Marriage, That's right? That's what he says. It's like that. And the two become one, right? I mean, it's it's an intimacy, right? There's an intimacy that God is depicting to us. The heart of tabernacles. Yeah. You're, you're getting to, Jeff, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That is that the very core of mm. the celebration mm. And the rehearsal mm. for thousands of years of a of an event soon to be made manifest as a reality. And that is the that is I will be with them and they will be with me and I will be their God and they will be my people. There you go. And in the meantime, all of the celebration and rehearsals and accoutrements that come with that celebration all come from Scripture as a physical, natural, if you will, manifestation or event or attempt to prove or to display a supernatural promise of an event to come, which is just like at Solomon when he built the first temple from the Mishkan, the tent, that it says the Shekinah glory came down and dwelt in that temple of Solomon's. It dwelt there. And they saw it. They saw the light, which is one of the themes, light of, of tabernacles, the, the water, all these all these portions mm. and types and mm. pictures and mm. events that the high priest did and mm. the people did mm. are all displayed and, and run throughout this mm. final and last festival mm. of tabernacles. Mm. And so it could be said, I'm going to say it, you'll correct me, but when the New Jerusalem comes out of the heavens, right? The New Jerusalem comes down. It is that, I mean, the whole the whole walled city could be considered a tabernacle. Right. And we see pictures of tabernacles, tabernacles, tabernacling, uh, 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 abiding with supernatural protections. All these things that you just said, that's exactly right, Jeff. Mm-hmm. They're displayed Mm -hmm. through various means Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the rehearsal of tabernacles, the festival. Now, that doesn't mean everybody immediately makes a connection or every connection that somebody tries to make is accurate. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we are humans and are feeble, if you will, frail. We are. We are dependent on God. Mm -hmm. uh, That is displayed throughout, first of all, just building a fairly... uh, 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 flimsy dwelling place, if you will, and it's showing that if you'll trust me for this, Mm. if you'll trust me for just the seven days, Mm -hmm. which has greater meaning, Mm. I will supernaturally hover over, protect, as we've said before, I'll put you in a protective godly bubble, just like he did in the wilderness, and Mm. take care of you. And Why is Instacart the holiday rescue app? 
Because you can get all your seasonal decor delivered instead of having to drive to 12 different stores. Candles and candy canes? Delivered. Wreaths and reindeer? Delivered. Lights from Lowe's? Delivered. And since I know you're going to ask, inflatable snowman? Delivered. So this season, stay in and get decked out. Download Instacart, the holiday rescue app, to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time, $10 minimum per order, additional terms apply. Jeff, as you talked about uh, previously, we're also in a supernatural protective bubble this year of the Shemitah year. That takes great faith to say, I'm going to take a year and just live in a faithful, protective bubble that God will do what he said he would do, and I'm going to not do anything with the land, nothing with the land, for one year. And it's it's, uh, symbolic, the Shemitah, symbolic of being in the wilderness for 40 years, having no agriculture, right? Relying 100% on God for manna. There you go. Right? Right. Relying 100% for 40 years. Yes, indeed. Right? And then on the Shemitah, he just asks us for one. I tell you, Jeff, (laughs) the the more connections that you make, the more rehearsals that you see that the high priest made when there was a temple, the more connections you make with how the the rabbis have defined how the sukkah should be built, what are the four species that are called out specifically in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Mm. And you start making the connections, Mm. the more actual, mind-blowing. But for our audience, Christianity, Mm. Christians, Mm. Mm. right? Mm. The applications and the nuance and the verbiage of Yeshua, which, by the way, means salvation. And that's what Tabernacles Mm. is all about, the Hoshana Rabbah, the great salvation. Mm. The the immediate connections that might just be like, that was a great verse, one of my favorites. But the application Mm. is lost. Mm. In other words, Jeff, uh, there were a couple of major ceremonies at the temple called the water drawing ceremony and the lighting of the great menorahs. Well, we can read in the Gospels, John specifically, about how Jesus made direct, unmistakable connections to both the water pouring Mm. and the light. Mm. He said, anybody who believes in me will never thirst. You'll have living water. He said, I am the light of the world. You know, you trust in me, will never walk in darkness. Won't need the sun in the New Jerusalem. Right. Be the light. The light will be the glory of God. And and, and there's culmination we're coming to. But Mm -hmm. even if you take those two verses, a lot of Christians will say, I love that verse. It's one of my favorites. But Mm -hmm. completely miss Mm -hmm. the application. However... We can read in John that it caused great debate. It caused accusations from some people. How dare you say such a thing? In How other words, dare you blaspheme? In other words, mm-hmm. taken out of context, mm-hmm. it's just a nice statement. Mm-hmm. But they made the connection because they were familiar with tabernacles, the mm-hmm. festival, and what had just happened. So that's why the Jewish leaders were so angry at him. It's one of the reasons. Because they got it. They knew what he was saying. All the people got it. This was a very biblically Uh and and literally Uh uh, uh, literate society. They read books. They understand connections like what you just said. My mind's racing for all these connections of tabernacling. They were familiar with this. So when Jesus made those connections associations, they knew what he was saying. And some people were like, well, who else talked like him? Well, look what he does. Other people are like, how dare he blaspheme God? The connection was unmistakable. Mm. That's the point. Wow. Wow. So getting back to, getting to, getting back. So the, that, as uh, folks, as we look at all of these feasts, 
the seven feasts, you know, beginning beginning in the spring, right? I think it's Shavuot is the first one? The very first one in the spring festival is Passover, which Passover. is, again, another okay. seven-day festival. Right, right. And then we have the 49 days and the 50th day, Pentecost, Shavuot. Yes, yes, indeed. Right? Yes. The giving, of, celebrating the giving of the law and gratitude for the harvest. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit came. Right. To the Christians on that day. Well, it came to Israel on that day. Right, everybody. 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 On that day. Yeah. Shavuot. It came on the, they were all celebrating it in Jerusalem. That's why there were so many people (laughs) there, right? Because the Jews were gathered in Jerusalem for that festival. Just like tabernacles. It's important to mention, Jeff, that there are three what are called pilgrimage Mm -hmm. or migratory Mm -hmm. Festivals where every male is required by God to go up to Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, you always go up because it's all, no matter where you come from, from the top of the Himalayas, if you go to Jerusalem, you go up. You go up to Jerusalem and celebrate. Now, here's the thing there were three of them the, the, the seven day festival of Passover, mm-hmm. Shavuot, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the harvest of Pentecost, mm-hmm. and uh, the final, the seventh, the greatest, the one we're talking about, tabernacles. Mm-hmm. They were required mm-hmm. to go there. And mm-hmm. thus it gives you some insight as to what was happening around and about that time and, and, and so on and so forth. And things began to sharpen as you read the Gospels and the, and the, the innuendo at a minimum of what was happening in that day. And I, I want to stress... Again, for our listeners, Mark, Christ, hopefully, hopefully you're you're thinking about this. But as a Christian, as a Christian, understanding God's days. These are God's days, not Jewish days. Jews didn't make them up. God created these. They're in Leviticus. All seven of them. You can see them listed. All seven of them. And God said, celebrate these. And so. These are the things that we have opportunity to learn and understand and appreciate even more the New Covenant. Right. Even more the New Covenant to to get the depth and the understanding of what God is saying and that the book is all one book. Right? That's correct. It's a book of redemption from front to back. Right? Everybody, it's it's all one book. and, And so, folks... Be, be thinking about this and, and uh, drop us a line. Go on our Facebook page, Israel, Why is the Middle East Important on Facebook? And uh, post a little bit about this, uh, what you're thinking about this. How does this impact you? What do you think about it? What would you like to know more about regarding this? Because we have limited time here. Uh, we got to move on to, to Hebron right now. But uh, we have limited time to talk about this. You know, we'll respond to you. We'll give you uh, resources and so forth. We, we will go ahead, Neil. Yeah, I was just going to say before we move to Hebron, which is very important as well, and it it all fits. It's all they're not separate, distinct mm. topics, as we said. It's just mm. they all fit together. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, pertaining to these migratory festivals, it occurred to me while you were explaining there mm-hmm. uh, and and saying, you know, if 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 you want more information mm-hmm. or you have a, a, a connection or a thought, let us know. The prophet Zechariah specifically talked about Messiah coming back and specifically talked about coming up to Jerusalem for the, these migratory mm-hmm. festivals. Mm-hmm. But here's the mm-hmm. kicker. Mm-hmm. Some of our audience might be saying, okay, that's interesting enough. It's just one more interesting scintillating detail. But no, Zechariah says, 
the nations. Mm. In other words, there's a time coming when not just the oh, Jews, yeah, that's right. but the nations right, come right. up. Now, that creates all kinds right. of other questions yeah. that we won't get into now about no, the no. temple and will there be a temple and yeah. will there be sacrifice. Yeah. But Zechariah specifically and directly calls out not just the Jews, right. the of nations. which the millions yeah. came up for these, these yeah. festivals, yeah. but the nations, nations will come up three times, three times a year. And one of them is at this tabernacles uh uh, that we're just talking about now. Awesome. That's really great. Uh, and, the, you know, the question would be, is that during the thousand-year reign, uh, in, when Jesus is, is, is uh, ruling and reigning on the, you know, uh, when, is it, what is, when is it happening? But the fact is, the unmistakable fact, is that we are all going to celebrate those three festivals. In some kind of way, the Gentiles are included in, yeah. and now... Before you, <laughs> we, we won't get into it, but that also creates discussion points and topics based on Scripture. What mm. does it say? Mm. But we are not, it's, it's not just done away with, in other words, this continues on into the future. And Jesus himself said they last forever. In Leviticus, it says these are to be observed forever and so on. So, wow. Yeah. Forever. There's tabernacles. Wow. Okay, Neil, let's move now on, on to Hebron or Hevron, however however you want to say the, 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 the Hebrew word Hevron with a V, right? Well, that, that becomes with a lot of the, the, the uh, uh, Bs and Vs. It is Hevron with a V, with uh, a v. He, but Hebron is totally acceptable. Uh-huh. It has to do with the Hebrew alphabet. Uh-huh. The word uh, Hebron comes from, uh, interestingly enough, Jeff, as we transition into Hebron, is... Mm from the word Havar or friend hmm. Abraham purchased it was one of three cities three areas in the Bible where Jews who were given the land given purchased the land. purchased a place yep. Abraham the first of the patriarchs yep. Yep. he purchased Hebron and he was called the friend of God interesting yeah so uh, he didn't purchase the whole thing did he or he just purchased a, a place to lay his wife and himself and his Nephew and correct. I mean, just like the two other places where where David symbolically purchased the threshing floor mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. Yeah, well, in effect, go. it became yeah. the city of David, right, and, right. and Abram purchased uh, the, the cave of Machpelah today in Hebron, and that, and, and Hebron became Jewish, the the oldest continuously huh. inhabited city by the Jews, going back to Abraham's day. Hebron is the oldest city occupied by Jews in the world. In the world. That's very interesting. Now, does does Hebron, the region that we're talking about right now, and we talk about it in uh, in our series on Abraham, if you want to go back and listen to that, folks. But uh, this he- this place called Hebron, Neil, in in uh, Israel, uh, it's not it's it's not under. Uh, Israel control is it right with the uh, one of the rounds of what they call these various uh, compromises or mm. accords mm. Uh, the mm. administrative uh, uh, responsibility came under the Palestinian authority as, as a attempt to reach a compromise Palestinian authority yeah the PA what's that well, the PA, the Palestinian Authority, is what the uh, uh, Arabs of the land of Israel have uh, created to mm. say, uh, we want a separate state within or all of Israel. Yeah, so they don't. They really want the whole thing, right? Well, all of their books and uh, all of their school books show uh, Palestine as all of Israel. All of Israel, right. Okay, and, so... so 
Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's under Palestinian authority control right now. And uh, what, that, that fr- frankly outrages me. Why, why, why am I outraged? Why is it important that it not be under their control? Well, first of all, as our audience knows, the land was given to uh, the Jewish uh, descendants of Abraham. Wherever your feet touch right. is the land. Right. Throughout the you, book, yeah. it's made clear. It's very clear, and it's forever. And it's forever, and it's to the Jews, a specific people uh-huh. group. The Palestinians yeah. created that name, Palestinian, mm. Uh, in about 1960s, under oh. Yasser Arafat. In the be- 60s? In the 60s, okay. they created that and said, okay. we are the Palestinians. Well, it was a made-up term. In other words, the land, the area was called Palestine by the Romans mm. as a reference to the Philistines. Oh, Philistines and Palestine, that sounds kind of similar, right? Uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's the etymology of the word. Yeah. Yeah. And to give themselves legitimacy as yeah. if they had a capital, as if they had some kind of currency, as if they had any form of government, they started calling themselves the Palestinians and we were the original inhabitants ah, but that was a new event back in the 60s okay so how do they on what basis do they claim to be the original inhabitants right well at various bases it depends on when and what audience they have but sometimes they'll say we were the original Canaanites we were the oh, Pal- we were yeah, yeah. we were the Philistines yeah. but to their brethren they don't say that they're very much Arabs. Arabs. So, in other words, Jeff, many of their names are easily traceable to various Arab regions, just like you might trace the, any of our Western names to a certain region. And they were not indigenous Canaanite Philistine people, but they try to make that connection for political reasons today to show that we are longstanding and the Jews somehow came and they they usurped all of our goods that we had all these wonderful things mm. well we know that's not true but that's the, the sort of uh, genesis of this modern day term we throw around called Palestine Palestinians Palestinian Authority and so on so hang on a second so you're saying they didn't usurp it, it occurs to me that they did I mean God God brought them to the land that that land that place right. Uh, Abraham had already been given it. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. When he, when God gave it to Abraham, somebody else was living there. Right. So, isn't that usurping? Well, you could say that Abraham usurped at that point, um, or or that God did, or that God did. But again, the question becomes a number of of theological issues. Mm. One of which has to do with 
if God gives anything, and he said, it is my land, by the way. God mm. said, this is my land. Yeah, my land. So right. maybe you could say somebody was usurping it from God originally. Also, you oh, Oh, that's very interesting. So it all belongs to God anyway, the whole thing. He created the whole thing. And he specifically calls Israel my land. My land. Yeah. Right in. Okay. God. So God, who created it in the first place, chose this chunk of land for the people of Israel. For, and for his dwelling and, place. And, and for Abraham and for his dwelling place. Right. Okay. Now I, uh, now I get it. So the uh, Palestinians or whatever have to believe, must believe in a different God or in no God. To make the comment that they're making, to make the argument that they're making about that land. They either believe in a different God or in no God. Well, we touched on this. Yahweh is the God, we think, right? Well, we touched on this last time with your question about uh, the the coming wars. It also fit into the the volatile situation in Hebron, and one of which was 83, where the the psalm is a prophetic psalm written by a prophet, and it talks about the reason they're coming to destroy us Jews mm. the land of Israel mm. and wiping it out not calling it Israel let's call it a different name let's call it Philistine which the Bible casts in the worst possible light there is mm. but we want to recall it that we want to resurrect that mm. is because Psalm 83 says they hate you oh God so in other words ultimately the real reason at the uh-huh. core conscious or not uh-huh. underlying all of this hatred I see is they hate you, O oh God. Mm. And so uh, you're right. Uh, anybody with a different God or a different world outlook than the God of the Bible who says, this is my land, these yeah. are my people, yeah. this is what I am going to do, yeah. uh, hates God ultimately. And uh, we read about, as we've said, this, these terrible upheavals and wars and things that are surrounding us. And Hebron, Hebron is a microcosm of that. And we have... Uh we have, from the Bible, uh, specific evidence that Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it's in the Middle East, right? It's in the Middle East. So the, God is like beginning everything there, right? right? It's, he's God and we're not, right? And he just, he's telling his story and he's giving us the opportunity to know him. And it all is connected, the whole thing, the opportunity to know him. The opportunity to be with him, the opportunity to tabernacle with him, the opportunity to serve him and dwell with him is all focused on this chunk of land. It really is. Chunk of land. Yes, on this very geographically defined spot. And Hebron, Hebron is one of the most significant places within that spot. In other words, when Abraham bought that, Jeff, uh, it's strange to our mind, uh, Western uh, mind, especially Christians, the whole idea of death and tombs mm. and burial. Mm. But it's very much throughout Scripture. It's very mm-hmm. much in the Gospels. Mm. The whole issue of death and resurrection and dying and tombs and cleanliness and all these themes. Yes. Well, in Hebron is buried. It's called the Cave of the Patriarchs, Machpelah, right? The Patriarchs. So we wow. have very famous people buried there. Adam, uh, I'm sorry, Abraham, his wife, Sarah, Isaac, his wife, uh, Rebecca, Jacob, and his wife, Leah, but also buried there by tradition is Adam and Eve. Wow. But in addition to that, not far from the specific cave that Abraham bought, but right close by are buried 
other very, very famous people, including Jesse, David's father, Ruth, David's grandmother, Otniel ben Kenab, who was Caleb's brother, who mm. was the first judge of Israel, wow. is buried there. Wow. Uh, together with a number of very famous rabbinic sages and the people who were slaughtered in the 1929 Arab Revolt when they kicked the Jews out for a short period of a few uh, 30 years or so, mm. uh, are also buried there. So in other words, this mm-hmm. idea of the significance of Hebron, it was the capital of David's empire for seven and a half years before wow. he moved to Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, all of these things are incredibly important, and they're in Hebron. And today we have a small number of Jews who move back to Hebron who are surrounded by a sea of I'm not saying every one of them hate the Jews, but of hatred toward them. And it reminds you of another prophetic song that says, Though I'm surrounded by my enemies, God's prepared a place for me. And here these people survive and and live and dwell and are going back to original Abraham's cave and doing their services and celebrations there. In other words, Jeff, when we go back, we'll have to go to Hebron ourselves. Wow. Wow. So that that really intrigues me, Neil. and, and it explains to me, um, in, in our whole discussion, kind of is, is, is nailing for me the idea that the, the land that God gave them was the land that he chose to start everything, right, At, it, with Adam and Eve, right? Right, right? He started, and that's the region of the earth, the region of the world, where God put his hand and said. So the only way I would be uh, upset about the Palestinians or upset about the fact that they have any claim at all and who are who are we to tell them they don't they can't live there whatever that is right any any upsetness that I would have I have to stop and ask myself wait a minute who is the god that I believe in who is my god christian who is my god who is yahweh the ising one, the one who is, the great I am. Isn't he the one who did it? I mean, isn't he the final authority? Isn't he, doesn't he have, uh, got, he chose a people for himself? And aren't we grafted into those people? And aren't we part, as a Christian, part of that nation of Israel? And are we not adopted in 100%? Into that same, into those same promises, as a uh, fellow believer in Yahweh, and isn't Jesus the 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 Son of Man, also the Son of God, and isn't He the salvation of the world? And don't we, you know, as we all come together? I mean, it to me, it just any claim, any political discussion I would have about this. With anybody that I know, any political discussion where they would talk about the poor Palestinians and the this and the that and whatever, I have to go before all of that and say, wait a minute, what did God do here? What did God do here? Right. And what is God's plan for this land? And the book at the end of the Bible tells me he's got a plan. Right. He's had a plan from the beginning. And uh, as we're seeing all this upheaval come up in our day, Jeff, uh, as you were alluding to, I think, and that is 
we see a combination of one type coming, one epoch. Mm. And one of those epochs is the times of the Gentiles. Yeah. And so we're learning and seeing, well, how does that fit in uh, to our audience who are believers in mm. this Jewish rabbi called uh, Jesus, mm. Yeshua, salvation? Mm. Mm. Uh, how do I fit in? And uh, the Bible makes it clear that we do fit in. Yeah. We're not second class. No. But... but Everybody has a positional mm -hmm. relationship. So when you say Palestinians, well, they are symbolic of a number of people around the world today. Mm -hmm. But if there were peace with Israel, the whole earth would have peace because the, right. the, the rabbi Shaul said oh, right. well, the, the, their redemption will be life from the dead. If this yes. was great, how much more will that be great? Well, if there's peace on the earth and someday the Prince of Peace will bring peace, but in the meantime, we're in this transition period called Hevelesh Shel Mashiach, which is birth pains of the Messiah, which is the ending of the time of the Gentiles and the restoration of the land of Israel, which is exactly what Jesus' disciples asked him when they said, uh, Master, will you at this time restore Israel? In other words, they knew it would come, mm. and they thought, uh, mm. will you at this time restore Israel? So they, they read the prophets, they read Zechariah, they read Daniel, they, right? And they they, and they, they read Joel. <laughs> they, they, know, they, they know that, will you at this time? do it. And they didn't read it with our cultural right. biases right. that we do in mm -hmm. the West, uh, mm -hmm. that it can't mean mm -hmm. that. And yet, mm -hmm. I could forgive people 100 years ago, 50 years ago, even 200 years ago, back in the Middle Ages saying, well, what can this Bible mean? It certainly can't mean the Jews. Look at them. Yeah. But here in our day, at the, rest or at the culmination of the times of the Gentiles yeah. and the transition of the birth pains mm -hmm. of Messiah mm -hmm. into the seventh day, the 7,000-year plan of God, which we can talk about another time, uh, the, the Jews going back to heaven after the six-day war. So they're after six-day war, they're back into Hebron again, symbolic yep. uh, holy city in yep. Israel, one of the yep. four holy cities. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing that this restoration is happening before our eyes, and a person has to be either A, deliberately blind mm -hmm. to the fact that there's a restoration happening, that God is doing this himself, or so hateful that they, you are part of the 83 confederation who comes against Israel. And at the core of that hatred, it says, it's not Israel. It's not those people. They hate you, O oh God, and your plans and your purposes. And that's Psalm 83. That, we talked about it yeah. last time. That's last the time. Psalm, Psalm 83, 83. Please yeah. read that, folks. Read that. They hate God, so they hate the people of God, right? It it stands to reason, right? We're a small reflection yeah. of the yeah. Yeah. bright light. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Neil, this is this is amazing, uh, amazing discussion. Uh, so, I wanna I wanna go back to the tabernacle uh, discussion just a bit here. Uh, so, I hope we understand. Everybody understands the importance of Hebron. All the people that are buried there. All of the it the it was the capital of the city of David. Come on now. It's a pretty important place, and Jews don't occupy it. Jews don't get to keep it. They had to give it up, in fact, as part of some agreement, right? Well, not, well they gave the administrative control over it, and in 29 they were driven out of it. But yeah. before that, there had always, always been a Jewish presence. It's the oldest continuously, continuously occupied Jewish city in and, the on the planet forever, Amen. <laughs> right, older than Jerusalem, yeah. And Jerusalem is the heavenly city. Wow. So I mean, 
it should be a number one stop on any Christian's pilgrimage to Israel, and yet today it's very volatile, that's for sure. Is it difficult to get there? Is it it's difficult, difficult to in go that in? Uh, uh, the city itself is very uh, confusing, full of mazes and warrens, as they say, and sukkahs and twisted and tangled, and you certainly could wind up in a very bad place. So mm. to go there, mm. you have to be determined that it's important. You have to ascend. Mm-hmm. You have to want to go there, mm-hmm. and safest is to have somebody who knows how to get directly there, because it and is not where you just pull over to the closest uh, gas station and say, hey, how do I get to the cave of the patriarchs, uh, and you'll get a pleasant response. No, that's not how wow. it works. They wow. hate you, oh God. They do. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Wow. So, uh, Feast of Tabernacles, God is with us. We are with him. It's symbolic of that. It's so powerful, so important for us. Yet, uh, we don't celebrate it. We don't think about it. It doesn't add a lick to our, I'm, I'm saying to most people, most people, don't doesn't add a lick to their understanding of who God is or what it means to dwell with him. Jesus talked about abiding over and over and over abiding abide in me and abide get get your uh, you know the branches and the vine just over and over and over uh folks so the symbolism is amazing we hope this has helped you a lot in terms of the understanding near the next feast well, we're going to go now that the annual Torah reading ends on the last day of Sukkot and begins on the last day, which again is Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, or celebrating the Torah. That's the eighth day. Mm-hmm. So that gets to be mystical. But it ends and begins again, the circle of life. So the Torah reading, the celebration, Simchat Torah, starts again. Now we have a break period, and it will start again in the spring with the Pesach, the Pesach, Paschal, uh, Passover. Passover offering, offering. Uh, and celebration that also was seven days that encompasses uh, three festivals. The first wow. day is Passover. Wow, amazing. Okay, uh, Neil, you, you mentioned the age that we're in right now. The, in, in Hebrew, you used the word, the Hebrew words for it, the age that we're in right now. And the word Messiah is in it. What what was that phrase you used? Yeah, uh, the birth pains of the Messiah, Shevle Shel Mashiach. Yeah, the birth pains of the Messiah, the transition. And we can see around us today, we don't have to be especially prophetic or, or, mm-hmm. or sensitive to things of the Spirit to say the world's in a bad place. But again, our salvation, just like Tabernacles, Hoshana Rabbah, the last great day of the festival, the seventh day, uh, uh, referenced in, in the Gospels, Jesus said these will be perilous times. Mm. These will be horrible times, mm. confusing. Mm. Uh, people will be against other people. So, uh, Jeff, uh, as bad as it is, Jesus tried to warn us. He, yeah. Not tried, he specifically did. did. Right. And I know people search for fanciful ways of escape in all kinds of ways through the scripture, and they pound square pegs and round holes. But the fact is, our Messiah said it will be bad. Now, why did he say that? To scare you? No, for our audience, the moment you know something's about to occur, good or bad, you can prepare yourself and your chances rise exponentially with surviving such an event mm-hmm. if you know mm-hmm. beforehand. If you don't, you mm-hmm. don't know. You might stand there like, as they say, the deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I wasn't counting on this. 
But all of these things fit together, Jeff, these warfares soon to be, these festivals, the meanings, the, the deeper meanings, the cities of Hebron, the Jews coming back, the birth pains of Messiah, they all point to what we're all hoping for, and that is when the Shekinah and the manifest presence of God as well dwell, tabernacle, live with, are in the land among men, and God physically dwells in Jerusalem. The Torah goes forth, the shining light of Torah from Zion when Messiah comes. Wow. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that that concludes this podcast, and we've really enjoyed uh, uh, talking with you about uh, the tabernacle, the Feast of Tabernacles, and uh, about the city of Hebron, or Hebron. Uh, We look forward to the next time we meet, uh, which will be soon. Can't tell you exactly when it will be, but uh, we we only make a podcast when we have something to say. And uh, we had a lot to say over these last three times, and it's been very, very great. Uh, and we look forward to it. If you can contact us, Israel, why is the Middle East important? I'm sorry, why is the Middle East important at gmail.com? Why is the Middle East important at gmail.com? You can find us on Facebook. Israel, why does the middle? Why is the Middle East important on Facebook.com? Uh, we look forward to hearing from you and uh, interacting with you in the future. And uh, take care, everyone. Uh, shalom. Uh, may the peace of God be with you. This has been a great discussion for this episode of Israel. Why is the Middle East important? I look forward to how this continues to unfold. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about the subject as it helps us to get to the root of the matter about God and why Israel and the Middle East are so important. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? That's Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? And you can find us on Facebook using that same title. And you can email us at why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. That's why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please invite your friends to the conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know. Because the only way we know is to not know. Once you have it all figured out, you stop learning. And that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. From Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier, Shalom, and see you next time.
Discover. This is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. 